broadband. We need it for work and for school, for our health and our economy. What's being done to bring broadband internet access within reach of every American? Let's talk about it now on Rural Broadband Today. Here's your host, Stephen Smith. And thanks for tuning in to the latest episode of Rural Broadband Today, where we're taking a look at the people and issues shaping the rural broadband story. And I'm excited to have as my guest today, Pam Becker, who is the Executive Director of the Foundation for Rural Service, or as we know it as FRS. Pam, thanks for joining the podcast today. Oh my goodness, thank you so much for having me. It's quite an honor. Well, very excited to uh, to have you on the show today to talk about uh, the latest white paper from FRS. It's called Broadband Today, Rural America's Critical Connection. And before we dive into the contents and tell people where to find that and all the value that they'll find in there, let's give our listeners a little overview of the Foundation for Rural Service and uh, your affiliation and, and what you do in the industry. Sure. So the Foundation for Rural Service, FRS, is the philanthropic arm of NTCA, the Rural Broadband Association. It means that we are affiliated with NTCA, but we are still separate. We have a separate board. We have separate budgets. We have separate reasons for existing. But we do lots of things um, that are related and connected. We, Our vision is really about giving back to rural communities. We do that through various fundraising that then uh, makes our programs possible. Most people know about FRS because of the things that we do with young people, specifically our scholarships. And then also the youth tour, which brings uh, high school rising seniors to Washington, D.C. for a couple of days in the summer. Been doing those programs for as long as we've existed, 25 years. And um, it's just most people really know about FRS through their local broadband company and those scholarships that are available. But we also do a lot more that many folks might not be aware of. For example, we have a very strong community development program through our community grants. These are grants of up to $5,000 that are available to nonprofit organizations in rural communities. And it could be for a whole range of activities. It might be, for example, um, Chromebooks or smart boards or technology equipment for schools. It might be um, services uh, and equipment for senior citizen centers, or we also have been able to provide equipment for first responders like fire departments and EMTs. Uh, we've even done, for example, a weather station for a very small rural airport. Whatever it is that just needs that little bit of that funding to make it possible and to bring those services into their community. It's a program that I really love. It's one of the very best things that we do. You know, scholarships are wonderful, but sometimes that's helping one person or one person's family. These community grants help as many people as possible. <laughs> that's one of the criteria, in fact, is how many people are going to be benefiting from this grant that comes to your community. Then the third thing that we do at, at FRS is just awareness about the issues that are unique to rural communities. And one of the ways that we do that are through white papers. So these white papers are nonpartisan. They just, you know, it's just the facts, ma'am. Um, but it's on specific 
topics that are important to SRS and to NTCA members. And so this particular paper seemed very appropriate for the timing, having just, we're all still, in fact, mostly working from home and what is the impact that this last year in 2020 and the COVID pandemic, how did that impact the broadband industry, both for the uh, consumers, how do people use broadband, but then also for the NTCA member companies and how are they able to provide those services and how has that changed? It's been, um, I think, a project that we all thought was going to be, yeah, no problem, we got that, that's pretty simple. And then it turned out to be quite encompassing and there is a lot of things that go into it, but it was also very interesting and we learned a lot of helpful information that can then go for example, to policymakers or folks who want to understand the broadband industry better. Yeah, it's a very a very deep subject for sure, uh, because as we've all known, uh, broadband is such an important part of our daily lives. We sort of knew that in the background, seems like, and uh, the, the, the pandemic certainly brought that to the forefront for a lot of people when we realized, oh, we really can't do X, Y, and Z, and now all these different things are, you know, becoming such a, a critical a part of our lives. Well, and I think one of the things that this paper really um, highlighted was things that we thought were happening and that we guessed were happening. And now we're, we were able to look at some data from a whole variety of sources and um, validate that, yes, that really is happening. And yes, this really is quite critical for a whole uh, array of things that happen to a person and to a community and to the companies in them. You know, how we live, how we work, how we go to school, how we get our education, how we get our health care, all of that is has been impacted. So it's it's been nice to have it all in one place. <laughs> right. And to be able to it's it's a really helpful resource. Because not only is the information there, but all those the footnotes and there's links and it's just it's like a, a one stop shop. It really is a great place to start. Well, I think it's aptly titled um, uh, Rural America's Critical Connection, and we certainly found out just how critical that was during the pandemic. But also the subtitle, I think, uh, speaks a lot, and I believe that was developed as the material was coming together, Adapting to a World Where Connectivity is Key. And I think that certainly we're learning that connectivity is key, but adapting to that is something that we are continually doing, not only as a society in general, but as a uh, an industry of broadband providers. Exactly. I think, you know, for when I was sitting at home in those first weeks in March and thinking, oh, the sky is falling and how are we going to do this? And everything is just falling to pieces. And then realizing that pretty quickly, in fact, very quickly, the broadband industry kind of rose to the occasion and went, you know, not only did they rise to the occasion, but then zoom past it. <laughs> um, and we're able to adapt on the fly to, you know, concerns that were very literal things about how are we going to keep our people safe and how are we going to get people the, the connection that they need to then thinking long term, okay, now how are we going to maintain this and sustain this and make this and keep going? I think one of the things we have all discovered is we're not going to put that genie back in the bottle. Nobody's going to want to go back to, you know, slower speeds or, um, or dial up or whatever, you know, it's like, here we are, we got to keep going. <laughs> um, and that's great. 
I think everybody agrees that this is that that's okay, and that um, the acceleration of the progress is the is the surprise to me. Not that it happened, just how quickly it happened. Right, right. I think we quote in there a professor who stated that the the pandemic wasn't really an agent of change so much as it was a, an accelerator. And I think we've uh, right. we've certainly seen that in the broadband industry. Well, and the other thing that we have, what, that I have heard from so many um, folks in the industry is just that, you know, we were thinking of doing this or that, but we were thinking of doing it in three years or five years. And all of a sudden we had to figure out how to do it in three weeks or three months, but they did it <laughs> and they figured it out. And aren't we lucky? Thank goodness they were able to, to do that. Mm, absolutely. So. Okay, well, at the beginning, and and certainly we'll say this a few times, but we certainly want everyone to visit uh, frs.org and uh, look for the link to download this white paper uh, themselves. There is no charge for this. This is a service to the industry of FRS. But on the uh, second page of this 32-page report, sort of break down uh, some of the key takeaways of, uh, of the report, and we'll just kind of walk through these for our listeners before we kind of dive into the table of contents. But it highlights uh, uh, 2020 as the start of a new era. And like we've already said here, there's nothing nothing new that wasn't being done to some level. It just accelerated things, you know, by some estimations. People say, you know, we're we're where we thought we would be 10 years from now. We had to get there, you know, in six months or whatever. But the pandemic has uh, really changed the way we, Live, work, and interact, and we have uh, we have five key takeaways here, and I'll get you to expound uh, on each of those. The first one being dependence on broadband. So I think this is one that everybody has experienced firsthand. Where um, two years ago, broadband was important sometimes for some things that you did, but really during the pandemic and when people were at home or had changed their situations. All of a sudden, broadband absolutely became critical for going to school, for going to work, for getting your health care, for shopping, for, you know, updating your driver's license, for whatever that is. We could not do it without broadband. And for the folks who didn't have a connection like that, they really were um, hampered. And we, that became very apparent very quickly. And that's, I think that's what I was talking about, that we're not going to get that, put that genie back in the bottle. So it's now we, you know, getting all those services through our computer, through our phone is, is great. (laughs) Um, And it became, we couldn't have survived the last year without broadband. Okay. And the second point uh, on this um, summary page is greater data usage. So I think this is just a, a continuation or going, you know, diving a little bit deeper. We're using it more. We're also using it for more things and we're needing it to be faster and more robust. Maybe in the past I used broadband and I, you know, went on to, you know, search web pages, but now I'm on web pages. I'm doing emails. My husband is doing his work. We're streaming things. We've got my, you know, daughter is doing her homework. So all of a sudden we've got more people doing more things 
on broadband and the broadband had to respond to that. And it just, uh, now this report was able to put some numbers to that. We were all aware of it, but again, here's some real, some data to back that up. And a key number on that page is between the fourth quarter of 2019 and the end of 2020, the average broadband network soared by 40%. That is a significant number. That's it. And I have heard some folks say even as high as 200%. So it's, it's really remarkable. Hmm. So the third point on there is performance. And, and this is something as a, um, someone who's worked in the, the rural broadband industry for 25 years, I'm so proud <laughs> of what these providers uh, have done. So tell us what that uh, third point performance is talking about. Well, I think that is if we're, if we're using broadband and we're using it more often and we're needing, and it's become more critical, we also get a little bit pickier <laughs> um, and we need we're not, it's not okay to just have dial up or to have um, a spotty Wi-Fi. And so those uh, providers that were able to, for example, provide fiber straight to somebody's home or a consumer who had that possibility but hadn't, hadn't you know, uh, decided to implement that, all of a sudden that became a priority and we needed to do that. And so, again, the broadband industry was able to respond in many, many cases and give people the very highest possible speeds pop- that they could. And thank goodness. Mm-hmm. They performed so admirably during this uh, critical time. Uh, the the fourth point there in our uh, overview is uh, something that continues uh, to, to become, I think, more present in news articles and conversations and webinars and things of that nature. And uh, that's headlined here is full focus, speaking to the really three-pronged approach that people are starting to really discuss uh, about when it comes to broadband. Well, and those three prongs of access, affordability, and adoption, I think all of a sudden you see people talking about broadband uh, in the news. It's everywhere. It's um, my office is in the Washington DC area. It's known broadband and how we're going to keep people connected is all over. A lot of the, recent policy conversations that are happening about infrastructure and that importance of that. And broadband is a huge component of that conversation. I don't, you know, all of a sudden broadband is sexy. (laughs) Um, And, you know, people, it's interesting for me. um, People say, Oh, that's what you are working in. I'm like, yep. And that's why it's so interesting. And I think that this industry is really unique and it's truly a public service. And now that everybody understands that and that it's, that it's not, we're just doing something nice here. We are, you know, broadband providers are doing something that we, I think sometimes maybe took for granted and now cannot afford to do that anymore. Mm, That's that's a great point. It's a great point. Yeah. It's like, Oh, now we understand you make oxygen and we need that every day. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. I get it. You know, you hear these, these stories about, you know, kids having to be in the Taco Bell parking lot to do their homework and nobody wants that to have to happen. And so how are we, and this is the fifth pillar about, okay, what happens next? What is the future of broadband? How are we going to make that sustainable? How, what partnerships are going to have to be there? What is that? What are those policies and that legislation going to look like? And 
how important that really is because the future of broadband is plays such a critical role in everything that we do. I mean, it, it sounds a little bit like I'm exaggerating, but I'm not. <laughs> it's everywhere. Thank goodness. It, I mean, we, it, it truly is that backbone that is keeping us all going. It's keeping me able to, you know, talk to my 99 year old grandfather on the, you know, and who I haven't seen now in 18 months. It's enabling me to work from home. It's enabling us all to stay connected. And it's, um, it's, I'm just very proud to be part of this industry now. I'm going to walk through uh, very quickly the the table of contents, the the different sections, and and again encourage all of our listeners to go um, while you're listening to this or immediately thereafter to frs.org and download your free copy of this uh, of this white paper. But the first section is broadband, the common thread, and then the case for broadband uh, spells out kind of an overview of. Uh, what it's like in rural America, and in addition to that, giving some uh, real-life case studies and some good broadband 101, which uh, in broadband terms, which I know is helpful when you're dealing possibly with congressional staffers and you know folks that may not be as, as familiar. They don't uh, they don't eat, drink, and uh, sleep and <laughs> and bleed this uh, this topic like a lot of us do every day. So uh, I mean, we'll get into how you're using that uh, more in just a moment. Section three is the COVID effect, where we look at the uh, impact of the pandemic on these various sectors that you have been uh, talking about. Uh, Remote learning, work from home, telehealth, business and consumers, social connections, and uh, networks and how they have performed. And then the fourth section is rural broadband moving forward with with a good forward-looking approach there at not only the technologies, but also uh, state-level activities and funding and policy reform. And we really dive into some adoption there as well, which, as you mentioned, is a big, important issue. But um, I want to, uh, to highlight a couple of things that we, uh, that, that we find in the report, um, in particular uh, in, in the setup here, where we mentioned earlier on talking about uh, it being an accelerant and that uh, broadband has always uh, you know, it's been important for several years, but now the need is more critical than ever. And really the response of the, uh, of the industry as a whole to what is a, what's a very different kind of disaster, you know, when working with, um, with, uh, infrastructure, uh, primarily utilities, you know, electric telecommunications and, and, uh, those critical services that help, um, you know, that, that, that support our work and in their lives every day when those are impacted by a natural disaster, such as uh, a hurricane, you know, 2020, we had, uh, we had a very active uh, hurricane season uh, in, in the Gulf States. And we had lots of, mm-hmm. lots of flooding and strong winds and things of that nature that, you know, pushed destruction uh, and, and, and death and injury many miles in- inland. When you have a crisis like that, there's response, there's mutual aid from different uh, utilities, and everyone comes together to put these connections back together quickly or as quickly as possible because that's when a community regains a sense of normalcy, when they can have their electricity on and when they can make phone calls and when they can get back on the Internet and everything begins to feel normal again. And disaster relief 
you know, it works that way. Uh, there's a response, there's a rebuilding, there's a recovery, and then it's over. With this pandemic, um, there is no over. <laughs> right. Um, and there's no one location. Like even, you know, you can have two or three states with a hurricane impacted, but we're talking about, you know, the, the entire United States, of course, but, you know, our livelihoods and the way we live were also impacted by um, the pandemic's uh, effect on other countries as it yeah. rippled through supply chain issues and things of that nature. Yeah, and not knowing when it was going to end and that un and that it's still going now. And, you know, sort of that uncertainty just adds an extra layer of anxiety, but also just, I mean, I it makes it difficult to plan. <laughs> you, can't, you can't even plan barely for tomorrow. And so to be able to run a company and provide a service uh, is just such a challenge. Um, and I think meanwhile, the consumers are, I don't, I don't want to say demanding, but in a way, because we have to have that broadband, we need it to survive. And so I think it, it really was something new, just like you said, it was a different kind of disaster. And, and who knows, you can't say, you know, you can't just clap your hands and say, okay, done, we fixed it, I'll go back to normal, because now it's just different. And we just keep going on in this new different world. So I think that being able to adapt will continue to be so important for all of us. Yeah, I like how you put it. There, there, there's no putting that genie back in the bottle. We have uh, we have <laughs> hit a point that our trajectory as a society has changed, and uh, we're we're all having to adapt. And broadband is a critical part of that. Uh, Pam, you want to talk uh, just a minute about how this project came about? This is a you're a very small staff at FRS, and this is a major undertaking, uh, a project <laughs> of this nature. So, yeah. Know, Lots of help, thank goodness. Um, so we uh, at FRS had some funds available thanks to a very generous donation from RTFC to create a white paper. And so we partnered with um, you and the good folks at Word South to do the heavy lifting. <laughs> and you did a remarkable job. Thank you very much. in <clears throat> Collecting the information, collecting the data, and it was from all, I think usually, you know, sometimes white papers are from one direction, but this was looking at it from all directions and up and down and sideways and from producers and consumers. And it was a little bit like, I don't know if you agree, but it was a little bit like peeling an onion. You know, you, you get one thing and then you, you start to dive into it and you, you, you go down this whole other path and you figure out, oh, wait, we need to talk about this too. And I think we both agreed that you know, we probably could have, this paper could keep going forever and ever and ever, but at some point we just had to say, okay, stop, enough, let's let's make it what we know right here, right now. Um, one of the things that I would love is to maybe look at this six months or a year down the road and say, okay, how's it going? And, um, you know, were our predictions accurate? And have things still stayed what we thought they were? Or did it go in a completely different direction yet again? Because I think that this is, clearly a very um, well, a fluid topic. And it, it, the key is, is the flexibility and the ability to adapt. Mm. So it's hard to write a paper about it, but uh, you did a great job and I'm grateful for that. 
Well, thank you for saying that. We are that. very proud to have the FRS name on it. <laughs> well, and to put it out there for folks to take a look at it. Well, thank you. It was uh, certainly one of the most uh, exciting and fulfilling projects that, that I, I, I've been I had the opportunity to be part of, and so we uh, we we were delighted to partner with FRS to to bring this uh, to bring this project to life. Uh, let's talk about how you have used this uh, white yeah. paper out in out in the real world. <laughs> the real world. And I think that's actually uh, an important distinction. You know, this certainly is for an audience of broadband providers, but really it's for folks who might not be so familiar with the industry or the, the technical aspects. We wanted to have some of that in there so that to give it that um, the credibility and the, the um, background that's so important. But really the audience might be, for example, um, staff who work on Capitol Hill. I mentioned, you know, that uh, so much of what's happening right now and discussions right now are about infrastructure and it seems like every other word is broadband and what is that? So here is a resource, a nonpartisan resource um, full of just what we hope is helpful information. I know, for example, that the CEO of NTCA, Shirley Bloomfield, uh, shared the um, white paper with the National Government Association because now this is also very heavily a state issue and state infrastructure and funding for that. So it's meant to be a resource. It's meant to be helpful. It's meant to sh- just sort of give a uh, more than just a menu, but also some options and some places. If you want to go find some more information, here's some more information. So, you know, it's, it's a challenge to uh, appeal to an audience of all different education levels about broadband and what that means. But I, I, and I'm completely biased, but I think that this white paper does that. So I hope that folks do go to the webpage, frs.org, download it. It's free. It's a a PDF and um, use it if it's helpful, you know, go to those links, print it out, pass it out to people who might need to understand better what, what their challenges are in talking about broadband or in planning about broadband. Uh, what has been uh, the reception to the white paper in the industry, Pam? I think um, it's people love it because it's nice. It's nice to have that validation. You know, if you are a telco and you are experiencing many of these things, you can talk about it and talk about it. But then when you have a white paper that says everybody's experiencing most of these things or some of these things, and you know, you can. There's an example of. Here's how a company helped, you know, hook up students in their in their uh, community so that they could continue their education. And you are doing the same thing. I think it's nice to know just that you're part of this larger community and and to have somebody else toot your horn for you. So here's a, go- a good way to do that. Yes, absolutely. Well, we have said it a few times, but let's say it again. Where can people get this white paper? <laughs> FRS for Foundation for Rural Service dot org. Um, there's if you go down to the bottom of that first page, you can find it. It's the, this beautiful sort of mustard yellow color. You can look for that color, and you can just click on that. Uh, rural America's critical connection. Or if you go under Take Action, there's a tab for Take Action, and it's one of the educational materials that's available on our webpage. And you just click on it, and you just download it straight from there. 
And if you have any trouble, email me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you're having any questions or you want to hold on to copies or, or whatever, I'm very, um, you can always find me. I, my information is also on the webpage, but I'm P Becker, P B as in boy, E C K E R at F R S dot O R G. Great. Now we, uh, we were talking before, uh, we started recording, a about how to uh, structure the, this interview. And, and, and the biggest thing is we just want people to go and download uh, the, yep. the white paper because there's, there, we have just scratched the surface here. And the thing that we, we didn't want to do is to record a, a three hour audio version of the, uh, the white paper. And so, yeah, uh, I could read it, but I don't think you'd, you'd be interested in that. So <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's packed, 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 packed full of information and great graphics and, charts and um yeah it's just it's a it's a really really nice document and again i'm biased but it's it's very well done very proud of it well i'm a little biased too but i agree i would love if somebody does download it and you know they found it especially helpful for a conversation that they had somewhere or something or they you know i would love to hear how how your listeners are using it so i'm hoping that you know feel free to email me back about how it was helpful for you. Oh, it's a great idea. Absolutely. Um, so you heard it, folks. Go download that uh, white paper at frs.org and send Pam an email at pbecker at frs.org and let her know how helpful that's been to you um, in the, in, in, with the work that FRS has put, uh, has put into the so many programs that they do. And then the educational arm is is uh is just so helpful. This white paper is one in a several that you have published through the years that really help yeah. policymakers and help people understand the the importance of connecting everyone in rural America, the impact that it has, the challenges that they face, and certainly with this publication, how uh, the pandemic uh, impacted that entire industry. Right. So the name of the paper again is Rural America's Critical Connection, subtitles Adapting to a World Where Connectivity is Key. And my guest today has been FRS Executive Director, Pam Becker. Pam, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you. And thank you for your help in talking about this white paper and helping it get into people's hands. I hope that it's helpful and useful. Absolutely. And thank you for listening to Rural Broadband Today, where we take a look at the people and the issues shaping the rural broadband story across America. I'm your host, Stephen Smith, and this program is produced by WordSouth, a content marketing company in affiliation with Pioneer Utility Resources. Please share this episode with your network and help us tell the rural broadband story. Thank you for listening. Rural Broadband Today is a production of WordSouth, a content marketing company.